and welcome to another edition of the CM Missions Cast. I'm your host, Clifton Gadboys. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you another great interview from a CMM missionary. If you aren't familiar with CMM, you can go to cmm.world and read all about the things that we are doing to fulfill the Great Commission and to help prepare the Bride of Christ for His return. And also, if you didn't know, CMM has an accredited College of Theology, and if you want to learn more about that, you can go to cmmtheology.org. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes, you know what to expect. But again, for the benefit of any who might be listening for the first time, I briefly want to let you know what the podcast is all about. The CM Missions Cast is an effort to share the testimonies of CMM missionaries, especially those whose story you might not otherwise hear about. Often when we think of missionaries, we expect to hear numbers of souls one to Christ and things like water wells and other building projects, and those certainly do have their place to be shared. But the focus of these interviews is to not only fulfill Paul's admonition in 1 Thessalonians 5.12 to recognize those who labor among you, but is really also one way that we are following what Jesus said in Matthew 9.38 to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workmen into the harvest. By focusing on the personal testimony of the CMM missionaries interviewed, it is our prayer that through their sharing, the Lord will speak to you about your own particular calling. So last episode, I interviewed Gabriel Jackson, who is the founder of United Hive, which is a social media platform dedicated to sharing prayers and testimonies of what Jesus is doing through his people on the earth. Today, I'm going to be sharing an interview I did with Gustavo Cadena, who is a CMM missionary in Ecuador. And I started the interview by asking Gustavo to share a little bit about himself. So, well, um, I'm from Quito, Ecuador. I was born in 1974. And then... Um, High school, I, I went to this uh, military school, which I, I, at the beginning, it was hard, but then I love it because all the structure and all the the good um, skills you have for your life. I then asked Gustavo to share with me the story of how he met the Lord and became a Christian. That started with my mom. So, you know, we come from this Catholic Catholicism, which is usual in South America, but, um, and, you know, religious, Catholic religious system. But one of my mother's, well, the, 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 my mother's side workers, uh, he was a teenager and he accepted Christ when ACJB, I don't know if you're familiar with that, uh, the name of that radio station is Today, Jesus Christ blessed, or in Spanish, hoy Cristo Jesús bendice. And that was the very first Christian radio station in, in Ecuador and one of the largest worldwide by the time. So this guy, this teenager, accepted Christ using this really more transistor radio. And all the family... All the, the children of the family, my my mom's siblings, they were blaming on him, like uh, telling him that he's a traitor, why he is uh, changing religion, why he is following the, the Protestants, the evangelicals. But years later, when my mom got married, she reminded what this little, uh, this guy was doing. So she started listening to uh, that radio station. And that, that's one of my earliest memories when we were uh, kids in my family. Um, you know, when we were getting breakfast, we were used to hear this program. I think in English is uh, through the Bible. Um, and then as soon as the program, that program finished, we had just a few minutes to run down the stairs and to take the bus to go to school. So that was the alarm. So during my, you know, my very little age, when I was five, six years old, since that, I, I got used to, to hear um, Christian programs, Christian uh, Bible studies. And then, but also my mother during the, the time, my, my dad used to work in the jungle in oil company companies so he used to be with us like seven days and working for 14 year, days in, in the field or seven days with us and four and 24 one days in on the field so my mom 
used to be just by her own, carrying three children. And during that time, my mom also found a 700 club uh, with Pat Robertson. So many times she was, every time they were say, saying, if you want to accept Christ, put your hand over, over the screen. So my mom did that like many, many times. But once she was super sad saying, why um, these programs or these uh, preachers are just in the States? Why they are not here in, in our country, in Ecuador? Uh, but then at the end, it was this address and it was just two blocks away from our home or three blocks away from our home, this uh, Assembly of God Church. But, you know, when you're blind, you never see the sign or the, the banners. So, yeah, afterwards, my mom went over there one Sunday. She was all the services and she was super hung, uh, hungry for God, God's word. So the next Sunday she took us. We were, I was eight years old and my, my siblings younger. So we went over there since that age. So uh, as I, 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 I would say that all my life I, I was getting Bible, Bible teaching. I then asked Gustavo to share the story of how God called him into ministry and how he responded to God's calling. When I was a teenager, and I think it's, it's good to start from my testimony, when I was a teenager, probably 12 years old, I received a dream. That night, I had three encounters with the Lord. The first one, I heard three times my, uh, my name, called by his name, by his voice. So like... Uh, Samuel, exactly like Samuel. So I went up, I went to my dad's room, they were sleeping, went back to bed, I heard my voice, uh, his voice again, I went back to my father's room, but nothing happened. And I didn't know about Samuel asking him, what do you want me to, to know? But then I had a, a vision in the night. That's a, the very beginning of my journey. So I saw this green field, with mountains and a lot of cows. And I, in, in that vision, God called me and I said, what do you want from me, Jehovah of the armies? And he said, um, "You, I am calling you to be a pastor of these cows. But they, um, they just eat flowers. And I said, where I can find as many flowers as they want, as they need. And then I saw many yellow flowers coming from heaven. And he said, don't be worried about the flowers, but be the pastor of these cows. And then the third thing that happened that night, I, I went through to the heaven, to the gates of heaven. I was outside um, the New Jerusalem for sure. The, per, the, the gates were perils. But then we went to the, to the hell. And I saw so several things over there. But every time when I was, you know, sharing my testimony, what I saw that night, um, everyone came to me saying, yeah, God is calling you to be a pastor. And I said, yeah, <laughs> he says that clearly. But what about the cows? What about the flowers? And nothing happened. No one had uh, um, interpretation about that. But after 14 years, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God told me the cows are leaders and the flowers, the gifts that I'm giving you to feed them. And they are and they are leaders because they are giving milk to the new. So every, you know, from when I was 12, all my, my teenager life and my high school and my college, I was just thinking that the things that I, have, I was doing when I was studying, getting my career, Sarah, were just uh, little paths until I accomplished the, the calling, his calling to my life. So I studied uh, publicity and marketing. Um, I had my own business. And then when I had my own business, you know, I, I had this little office, but I had good clients like L'Oreal, like Maybelline, um, General Motors. So I had these clients and then I received a call from my church. The senior pastor called me saying, 
uh, you know what, the the worship pastor is going to be the senior pastor in our church, and we need a worship pastor. Would you like to be the one? And I said, yes. The next thing that I did, I called my client saying goodbye. So they were like, you're crazy. Why are you you're doing that? I then asked Gustavo to share with me how he had seen the Lord working in his life, even before his call into ministry. Well, I would tell you that I didn't was the regular teenager. I was super concerned about my, my relationship with God. Um, even, you know, in especially when I was 15 through 18, I used to have a social drinker, like, you know, never, never got uh, drunk, but it was the way that, you know, you have to get fun. But God protected me from many other things. Like I never, I never smoked, never uh, as I said, got drunk, never had sex. So I was concerned about the calling that God gave me. Even when I was, you know, knowing a straight path, but sometimes going to the, the left or the, the right, but trying to be in the center. So that's why I'm telling you, was it good for me to be in this military school? Because, you know, you have to to you get more skills for being more mature than other uh, preparation when you are a teenager. I then asked Gustavo about some of his early ministry experiences, the difficulties faced, and how God brought him through. My very first check when I was serving in church, working as full-time minister, because in our church, and by the time I was attending to this Christian Missionary Alliance, one of the requirements was that we had to quit every secular job, any. So I quit with all my my business, my publicity marketing business. And my first check was just a 10% of my last check when I had my own business. And that was hard. So, you know, it's like God saying, okay, you want to follow me? I will press you. So, um, but I, when I was a pastor, I had things that I couldn't get when I was in my secular job. For example, my first car, my um, first laptop, things like that. So God was, you know, things that I couldn't get when I had my own business, God was deserving or reserving for the time when I was serving him, even without uh, the income that I used to have before. Because, um, okay, I, I didn't tell you this, and I think it's super important. When I was, uh, after getting the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I start. I had my own business, but we start with other five Christians, other enterprise. And that one was about um, reaching uh, reaching people through gospel. But we want, wanted to have concerts and events, big events, so we can spread the gospel easily to them. Because I had a dream, remember, I was telling you that God told me that I would be doing that. But I didn't hear his timing, neither his strategies. So I was planning my own time and my own strategies. So we brought this famous band, Christian band from um, Mexico. We had, uh, we planned two concerts one in, in the two main cities of Ecuador and we lost a lot of, a lot of money, $40,000 by the time. And then, you know, at the beginning it's like uh, asking God why you did that. If we are serving you, if, if we are spreading the gospel, and without any answer. So I had to pass for two years of being very dry, a lot of um, depression, and thinking that God failed me. So a few times, I was my my office was in this uh, penthouse. So at least two or three times, I was just right there, hearing the Satan telling me, "Okay." 
just jump. God fail you. So one thing deeper in my heart was telling me, I will I won't kill myself. So God failed me, but I, I don't want to kill myself. So I I will be surviving. And but other times I, I said, okay, because I don't want to kill myself, I want somebody else to kill me. So I used to pass highways or avenues without seeing any car. So I just wanted one car to hit me and kill me. And nothing happened. <laughs> Always God was protecting me. But also I had, you know, that death to pay. These five persons that were, are, uh, you know, the investments or the, the, the business mates we had at the time, three of them took a step back and they said, that's your death, sign these papers. If you don't pay, you will, we will kill you. They were Christians. So, yeah. So that's the reason why I was working. You know, I lost everything. I lost my clients. One of the my previous uh, mates, when I had the, the, the publicity and marketing office, he said, no, he, I don't want to be mixed. I don't want to mix our job with the, the devs you have already. So I will take everything. So I said, okay, go and take every client, everything. But one year later, he didn't do anything about the clients, about the name of our company. So I went, I came to him saying, you are not using, can I use it again? And he said, yes. So I start, you know, working and paying debts. And God gave me a lot of new contacts and, and new businesses. So every time I was, you know, getting money and paying, 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 paying. So I paid everything. Any old, uh, or any one of the debts, and when I was finishing, I received a call from the church. So you know everything was, I would say, uh, planned by God. I then asked Gustavo to continue sharing about that story, how God brought him out of that difficult situation and restored him into ministry. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, as I'm telling you, when I received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God gave me a name. Um, the very first day or the second day, when I after receiving the, the baptism, God gave me a name, um, and He called me the prophet that worship. So, and I could see in my life, you know, super fast. The very first weeks, uh, the prophetic ministry increasing and. In huge ways. I I remember I probably I ministered like 150 people during two weeks or three weeks. And I was super tired because every time one, one person came to me, I was giving words, restoration, healing. And then I was tired. Then another man or woman came into my office and I was I felt the Holy Spirit coming to me and then giving words and stuff. That happened. At the beginning, when I I was my I had my own office and my business, so I was you know working and ministering people. Then it happened the the concert and all the the bad things that happened during the time. So I felt so um, embarrassed and and all the the fingers over me and people uh, you know talking always in behind me about the ministry, about the things that I, I was doing, why I had that death, why supposedly I, I told them that God was leading me to do that and then it didn't happen. So, yeah, it was really tough because many people, many, many people was talking about my ministry, the calling, it was real or not. And I think it's good. For sure, it's really good. Because when you pass through that, you recognize many people is just following because the the gifts, the spiritual gifts you have. They are not interested in the person. And you can see that in, in the scripture, even in scripture, when remember Yeshua uh 
was preaching about the blood, and then the Bible says, and many left him in that moment. And then Yeshua put his eyes over his disciples, and he said, "You, if you want, you can leave too. I don't care. So it's like it's like that. It's, obey will cause you many hurts. Obey will cause you to be in several times, many times, uh, to be alone uh, without anybody around you, just the, the people that really loved you and especially the only sustain that is your father in heaven, the Holy Spirit and Yeshua. So it's for sure the ministry is a big school of character. Yeah, so that happened when I was, you know, in this in that transition. And then at the beginning, when I was serving as pastor, I had that um, stigma over me that the, that happened with my previous business when I was helping God to, to spread the gospel. So then God starts um, healing my, my, my soul. Uh, but then I, I serve as pastor and in, in this church and I have, uh, as I'm telling you, I have many people that was suspicious about my ministry. So I, I went to another church. It, it was a daughter church from this main one. And then I start being um, pastor of mission, ministry, then worship, and then um, youth. And over in that second church, I saw how the ministry grew, grew up. And that was amazing. That was a really healing for my myself, for my ministry to see that God has been always protecting me and always helping me through the, the ministry. So I was having there for two years, but then God called me to be the director of this foundation called Inca Link. So I was a director there for nine years and we uh, did a lot of missions, like a lot, uh, a lot of people from Canada, United States, we did a lot of construction, uh, clinics, uh, a lot of a lot of work, uh, social work, especially because our foundation was created as social work. Because we, uh, by the time we were under this socialist government, so they wanted to close um, the Christian organizations. So that's why we, uh, in our bylaw, we put that as a social organization. So we were doing a lot of social work through missions undercover. I then asked Gustavo to finish the story by asking him how God brought him into the ministry that he's doing today. What I remember is every time I had that, this feeling of teaching others. So I don't, I didn't want to be, you know, in the ministry, in a church ministry of education. I never felt uh, for doing that because always was worship. And I remember, uh, as I told you, uh, the very first name God, okay, it was worship. But also there's just beside that or before that, the prophetic ministry in, a, in, in my name, in my, in my purpose. So, uh, but always, was here working here the teaching so every time when i was reading or 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 preparing myself or reading i love to to share with others and okay several times by my birthday which is september um god has been giving me directions for the next year or for something that is changing my life Uh, when i was uh, used to uh, do fast a time of fasting, God gave me directions. So back in, let me see. Yeah, September 2016, um, I was fasting for my birthday. It was my, uh, I, I was 
it was my eighth year as director of this foundation and everything go went really well they wanted the the board wanted me to be the director for many more years but in that september god told me that clearly that i have to quit uh, with inkalink what that was the name of the foundation so for me, it was hard, but it wasn't too hard because God told me the very first time when I was serving as worship pastor in the first church, God told me the same. I cried like crazy because, you know, God was taking away something that I I, I, I supposed to be doing. So it was super hard. The second time I cried again, <laughs> when he said, okay, you have to move to another church from this church to Inca Link. So eight years later, God is telling me, okay, it's time to go. So I said, okay, I, 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 I cried a little bit, but then I said, okay, I'm open. So if you tell me that I have to start again with other things, okay. If you tell me that I have to go to another place, it's okay. So I didn't receive any, any confirmation where to go. Just the only thing was you have to go. So in December, we had a board meeting and I told them like, you know, I don't have anything. There's nothing bad about Inkaling. I love Inkaling. I love the, the job we are doing, but I cannot be the director anymore. So they were like, what? We can open a, a, another another position for you. We can we can offer more income. We You could be the director behind the director, things like that. So I said, no, 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 it's nothing like that. It's like God is telling me that I have to take a step out and to trust in him. So I, because by the bylaws, I have six more months until uh, July to finish my period, my nine years. So we have six months of conversations, you know, things like that, looking for a new director. But I didn't have any expectation, any other place to go. As soon as I I left, you know, I gave the decision of leaving Inca Link. January 2017, I have a I have a meeting uh, with George, and I told him like, you know, <laughs> I'm leaving Inca Link, so I don't know what to do. Uh, the the year the previous year. 2016, I got my doctor in theology. So I was telling him, I would love if there's something with, um, with by the time Morning Star, Morning Star uh, CMM, if there's something with that, I, I would love to be part of it. So they said, yeah, let us, let us see. We don't have anything. So then when the time passed, it was the opportunity to start uh, CMM in Ecuador, but we were connecting with this pastor, this Cuban pastor, uh, Osmani, Osmani Sosa, and he already opened three uh, schools, three seminars in Cuba. So he was the key one. He was the expert. And we were like super glad with my sister because my sister, by the time she got her master, uh, so we were like, okay, we'll be part of this team. It's perfect. We will help to open a CMM in Ecuador. But then they told us Osmani never got his visa so <laughs> to get into Ecuador. And George told me, but we need one doctor to, to open uh, one school. And you are a doctor. So welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, that was super funny. I finished it with Inca Ling in July. 2017, I rest a little bit. October, I came here, you know, to North North Carolina to start getting as much information, as much knowledge or glimpses how to start a school. And yeah, January 2018, we, we started. 
For my next question, I asked Gustavo to share some of the ways that he's seen the Lord move supernaturally, both in his personal life and through his ministry. And here I'm going to tell you that Gustavo felt led of the Lord to share the full testimony of how he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a preface to his answer. It's a little long, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's well worth listening to. Uh, some stories when I was, you know, when I was baptized, actually the, the very first day, Okay, that this is super funny, super funny because you know I was born in this um, Assembly of God church, and I we were as family we were attending there for nine years, but you know I I got used to hear tongues or prophecies or seeing healing, uh, casting them demons and everything, but nothing of that cra- of those crazy things happened in my life. Nothing. So I was like, okay, God has his own time, so it doesn't matter. Then I moved to, God moved us as family to uh, this Christian Missionary Alliance. You know, the opposite side. So it's everything about knowledge and, and reading Bible and scripture. And yeah, the Holy Spirit works throughout, through that. But nothing about tongues or healings or miracles or everything. So, you know, I was very hungry about getting to know God better. So I was studying, 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 studying every curse that we had in our church. I took it. And then at the end, uh, I got every one of them. So I came to the, the pastor and said, I need a curse. And he said, the only one that you don't have is the marriage, but you are single. So <laughs> there's no way that you can take it. <laughs> so I wasn't in that point. And then I, I, uh, they offered this, this uh, curse about Acts, the book of Acts. And this uh, pastor, really well-known Argentinian, um, he pain, came to our to our church saying, okay, the book of Acts is a book of transition. There's no way that we can still believe or still hope the things that happen in Acts could happen in our times because it was a transition from Yeshua's time and the Gospels and then the ministry of the church. That's why we have tongues and miracles and things like that in here. So for a lot of time, I was just convinced about that about that teaching. And I don't know how or why, but um, I remember a couple of, of persons. I, I used to be, by the time, director of worship, so I was very connected with the pastors, and also I was part of the, the, the board of the church. So, you know, you have information that many, the majority of the people doesn't have. And one couple came to our church, uh, to the senior pastor, saying, we have some pastors, some preachers from uh, Scotland or Gallitz. I don't know if you want them to preach here. So he said, okay. And the the themes were, you know, uh, depression or how to overcome uh, finances problems or how to release from uh, a violence. Those were the themes. But so I, you know, because I, I was used to to go to teachings, I went to one of them. But at the end, they start ministering people. They were like, OK, we will pray so you can have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Very unusual. So, OK, I was so proud in myself, so proud by the, by the time. And I said always to God, if you want, I believe in, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but I don't believe in tongues. I don't believe in like falling in the spirit. I don't believe in, oh, for me is evil, like the laughing, laughing of joy. That's just evil. <laughs> I don't see anything like, like that in the Bible. So I don't, I don't, I, um, I don't believe in that. If you want to give me some gift, give me like wisdom, give me like the the nice gifts that are not supernatural, <laughs> weird things. <laughs> so, you know, 
they were praying and I, I was seeing how people were touched by these ministers. I don't remember neither their names. So I went into this line and when I was, you know, walking, um, you know, in this column to see one of these uh, pastors, uh, as I told you, I was so proud of myself. So I said, okay, God, one deal. I will go in front of them, but you will tell them what to pray for, for me. So I, everyone, you know, they have to ask the pastor, can you pray for my daughter or can you pray for my family or whatever? So I said, okay, one of the, of the um, uh, proofs that they are real, I will go just in front of them and they will know exactly what to pray for me. So I was, you know, it was my turn. I went in front of this guy. I just closed my eyes and I, I was mute. And they were expecting to hear something from me. Because I didn't say anything, the guy put his hand over me saying, okay, God bless this man. Amen. <laughs> so I was so mad. I was like, oh my gosh, I told you. But I said, okay. Probably this one doesn't have the power, but the other one has the power. So, you know, for me it was really a hard, like to break my uh, my paradigms. So I was like, okay, okay, maybe you, you want me to tell something. So I will go to the other one that has the power and then I will tell him uh, whatever he wants to hear. So I went to this other guy and he's and he said, okay, what do you want me to pray for? And I said, can you pray for the power of Holy Spirit? And then I saw him like his eyes, like very bright. And he opened them and he put uh, his fingers over my, my head. And then at that moment, I felt, you know, myself without any strain on me and I fell down. But when I was on, on the floor, I was with this thing in my mind, like, oh, I forced this. I was hoping something like this happened. So, yeah, this is just my mind. That's why I'm laid down. But I was so embarrassed as well because many people came over me because I, I, I was the, the, the worship director and everyone was happy. So I was like, okay, I will be just closing my eyes and, and pretending that this spiritual thing happened. And then, you know, I will be like, yeah, the Holy Spirit. But always I had super suspicious. Okay, that happened the first night. Second night, I went to the line again. I was asking for prayers. To I, I really was hungry about the Holy Spirit. But every time I was going in front, and, you know, the preaching was about to be angry, to be... Uh, to wanted to be released from violence, uh, depression. So maybe the persons, I was thinking that probably all the, the congregation was thinking, oh my gosh, this pastor has everything, <laughs> like everything. So the last night um, was different. So these pastors asked the congregation, first of all, saying, okay, if there are leaders here, can you come to the front line? So we went to the front and then he said, I want 100 persons praying over these leaders. At the beginning, he said 50. And then he said, no, I want 100 persons raising up, putting your hands over them and praying. When I was praying and when they were praying, I start with this word, like super fast. And then I couldn't stop. And I was like screaming in this Christian missionary church. And then I, I opened my eyes and everyone was on their knees and I was screaming in tongues. So I said, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm sorry. Every one of them without the Holy Spirit are on their knees. I need to be on my knees. So I put on my knees and then I felt somebody holding my, like my shirt and pulling me down. And then I heard his voice, the Holy Spirit's voice saying, you didn't believe the other day when you fell down. Now I'm pulling you so you will know that I'm in control of every life. 
so yeah, I came home and okay, remember, I didn't want tongues. I received tongues. I didn't believe in, in the falling down twice. So I came home and then I couldn't stop of laughing. Oh my gosh, I was like laughing like crazy. In my mind, I was like, this is not real. This is not real. This is not the spirit. But I was just laughing. So for 24 hours, I couldn't stop speaking in tongues. I went to bed and I was speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues all day long. And the other night, I started ministering my, my band, my music band. And then uh, God started giving, giving me prophecy over people. And that's the, that day I received my name because he said, your name is, and he said in, in tongues, but the interpretation was the prophet of worship. And yeah, crazy, crazy things since that. But um, so the very first time that night when I received the, the spirit, I came home. Uh, my brother, you know, he had this relationship with this uh, young lady from the church as well. She got embarrassed, in, 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 in pregnant, sorry. And then um, they had their, their baby. And, but my, my father told my, my, my brother, uh, he will help him just uh, to get married and everything if he finished his college. He didn't want them like to be a young couple without any studies or any income. So my brother was living with us and his fiance was living with her parents and the baby there. But the baby, Mateo, my nephew, he had asthma. He was very little, three years old, you know, with this uh, thing to get bread. And then um, for breathing. But one, that one was, was one of the signs. Um, my mother uh, came to me and the Holy Spirit was so touchable. Like uh, Yeshua was so you can touch, you can, you could, in that time, you could ask him, and then right there, the Holy Spirit answered. So, in one point, he said, okay, what do you want? And my mother came, you know, to me, but asking God, saying, I want the healing of my nephew, my 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 grandson. And I said, uh, God told me to tell my, my brother, call him, call Mylena right now. And your your son is healed now. So my brother called her saying, okay, take away all the medicines. He's healed. You know, it was a healing without any internet, without any Zoom call, any nothing, just a phone call and faith. So from that moment, my, my, <laughs> my nephew was healed completely. And then that night we saw many miracles and so yeah, yeah, <laughs> how can I deny? And I've seen healings, restoration. Uh, three years ago, we were doing missions in these uh, poor communities in, in, with indigenous in the highlands. And I, as I told you, I was very used to have <clears throat> mission teams. Um, but that time we were doing prophetic ministry as well. And then we have, um, for some reason, we have many people deaf, like many indigenous, old women, young, young children deaf. And we saw healings, like healing after healing. We put our hands over their ears and right there, they, they heard. Uh, we have, we saw that during the time and we have seen uh, how legs uh, grew. Like in one time, it grew like one inch, one of the legs. We have seen... Um, Cancer gone. Um, 
one, and this is a, you know, in some point you are used to see miracles like healings, like, you know, flu going or cough right there. But it's interesting with, there are some other, other miracles that are unusual. So we were praying this really poor area in Ecuador. And then um, a woman came to me saying, I want to believe while you're preaching, but uh, my daughter, she left three months ago home. And I want, I, I could believe what you're saying if my daughter will come back. So I said, this is weird, but okay, let's pray. So we pray with that woman. I receive a call next week saying, uh, that woman called this guy uh, saying that her daughter came home. She was in that bus. And during the same hour we were praying, she wasn't on the bus and she had this deep feeling saying, I have to go back. So she left the bus and took the next bus going home. Um, I remember once um, here in, I think in 2017, maybe here in North Carolina, uh, I came to this, uh, the morning start to SOS, um, School of uh, uh, Supernatural on Friday. And then we were practicing about, you know, prophesying each other. And one of the students, Morningstone students came to me sharing a, a word. And I was like, yeah, can I share a word for with you? And he said, yes. So I was, you know, praying. And then I saw this, this crazy image for me. I was, I saw this man like, in the Alp, uh, Alps, the Alpes in uh, Europe, holding one of the pigs, you know, dressing like like Switzerland, uh, 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 Switzerland man, with a sword, but pointing to Italy. <laughs> so <laughs> crazy. And for me, this guy was, you know, North American. So at the end, I said, okay, I don't know if I'm right, wrong. Sorry, but I'm wrong. But does it make sense for you? And he said, I, you don't know. You don't know how, how sharp the vision is. I'm from Austria, but my heart, I'm standing here in Morningstar. I'm finishing, this is my last year, but my heart always is to reach Italy with the gospel. I then asked Gustavo to share with me any stories of spiritual warfare that he's encountered and how God has helped him to overcome in each of those situations. Wow. Yeah, different ways. For example, when I was um, probably in my 20s, we used to have a, a, a music band as well, Christian, music, Christian contemporary music band. And we were playing in one town, uh, one hour north of Quito. The, Quito is the capital when, where I, I live. So we played in this, you know, um, theater, and it's a public theater, when we were you know, when we were doing the the, um, the sound test, a guy came into the theater and he said, oh, guys, you play super good. I, I love uh, how how the, your music uh, sounds and everything. Let me tell you that I, I love rock and roll. And you can see very dark, like darkness in, uh, over him, like all black, long hair and he said but when i passed here i was i was about to kill a man i was putting this man on over the the rail path the train path and and i wanted to kill him but then i heard your your music so i released him and you know, it was super not something like super story, but you know, even in the in that little thing, God was saving life through worship. But then uh, that was one case. But then we have been seen um, once. I remember, uh, you know, I was in my car. Then it was a red light. I was with my sister, probably seven p.m., and then one black man came. Uh, in front of my car, juggling, uh, throwing, uh, you know, little balls. And then 
um, he asked for money and I didn't have any money. And then his face got transformed like evil just in front of, of, of you. So in that moment, my sister and myself, we knew it was really bad over him. So we started praying in tongues and we were praying in tongues. You know, he was outside the car, in front of the car, but he was responding in tongues until we declare over him the blood of God and he left. So, you know, spiritual fair outside the car. But another another time I was um, in my church, in this Christian Missionary Alliance, and I'm telling all the name because, you know, you have to know that's a very conservative ch church. These things doesn't happen there. So I went, I went down where the library was, Everyone, every light was uh, off, but then I had a feeling of the Holy Spirit telling me to go down. So I started walking, 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 and then I, I got into the library and I saw a man, a young man over there. So I was like, what are you doing here? And then he said, I'm checking. Every light was off. I'm checking something. And I said, okay, please leave this place. But then I had the feeling in my spirit that something real bad, really bad happened, happened over him. So I start praying, he fell down and then his eyes turned into red like serpent. And then his neck was kind of being opened like a cobra or, or some type of serpent. And so the spirit told me like, start praying against homosexualism and against uh, homos, uh, hom, uh, homicide or killing other person. So, yeah. Other time, I was praying for this man. He used to be a, a body, bodybuilder. And he used to be a friend. But I put my hand over his shoulder. He was very tall, like six feet. I put his my my hand over his shoulder, and then I saw him. I felt him like fighting in himself. So I was like, "Okay, what's wrong?" And then, you know, I could feel a really bad spirit working in him in that moment. So I said, "In the name of, of Yeshua, on your knees," and he didn't want. And I said, "Okay, put in your knees now." So then he was on his knees, and then I start praying over him. Minutes later, when I was talking with him, he said, when you put your hand in my shoulder, I felt that I wanted to kill you. But the Holy Spirit protected me, and also he made me feel his power over the physical strength, not just the spiritual. I then asked Gustavo to share what advice and wisdom that he would give to someone who believes that they are called by the Lord to the mission field the way that he's been called. The first of the first advice is just to be in love with God. Um, just uh, to recognize it's not your time. Don't push <laughs> if you don't want to have a, a really huge debt or something or uh, depression. Don't push. Don't doing your strength. But just uh, take it step by step. Uh, be prepared. Study. Read the scripture because the Holy Spirit will use what you have in your backpack. So the, the scripture says one of the, the works that the Holy Spirit does in our lives is to remind us what we have, the scripture we have. And also it says that we doesn't matter. We don't have to to matter what to respond before uh, kings or or priests or judgment coming against us because the Holy Spirit will give us uh, the right answers for the right moment. But as I said, you have to eat uh, to eat the Scripture. You have to have uh, more of God in your backpack so the Holy Spirit can go to the file and bring the file that you need in that moment. Um, just enjoy the, 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 <laughs> the travel. Uh, 
just to to be cautious to have open eyes and open ears to see where God is working and to join his work. Not to try to do your own thing, but to be a partner with him. I then ask Gustavo how those listening to the podcast can be keeping him in prayer. The first thing I'm, I'm single, so I, I, I'm praying for my wife. So that's a, a cool and a great thing. And why I'm single still is because I, I, I yesterday I was sharing with a friend, because I, I don't want to waste my time or to waste the ministry that I'm doing now with the one person that would be a, a obstacle for it. Or maybe I'm I'm tired of you know with one hand pulling one person and then with the other hand trying to to accomplish what God is, is telling me to do. So I I'm praying for a partner. Um, and then um, for we are in the process of opening CMM Ecuador the office. So through do that we could do a lot of. Um, much and more work uh, and better work in Ecuador. So we are in the process of opening uh, CMM's office right there. So those would be really good prayers. I then ask Gustavo to close the interview by praying for those who are listening to the podcast and especially for those who are called in a similar way that he's been called by the Lord. The Heavenly Father, thank you for every single one that is listening to this podcast. Um, Thank you for being gracious with my English. <laughs> and But above that, I want to ask for each one of them that they could hear your voice, that could he, they could have um, having encounters through, as the book of Job, chapter 33 says, um, through dreams, through visions, through uh, hearing your, your voice, through... Uh, personal encounters, through circumstances, through your scripture. You know the best way to reach each one of us. But I want to ask you for open ears, open eyes, open hearts to receive, to be in alignment with you and receive what you want them to hear. Um, I want to ask you for those lives so they could be a part from this crazy world, the craziness that is, this world is going. And they could be holy with their thoughts, their minds, their bodies, what they, they are speaking with their friends. And I want to ask you for boldness um, so your kingdom will come to this earth through this, those lives. Uh, I want to ask you for... Um, a special armor and guns and, and protection from heaven. And above that, that they could have a heart for uh, being in worship to you, um, to be uh, open to worship, to see your wonders and to be uh, amazed for how great you are. And I want to bless each one of them in the name of Yeshua. Father, I want to ask you for their hearts, for their minds, for your peace over them. I want them to have a heart for worshiping you. And I want I want to ask you, Lord, for your shalom over each one of their lives so they could um, see you in very different ways that the words I used to see you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. If you would like to pray for CMM missionaries like Gustavo or pray for the College of Theology students, you can send an email to office at cmm.world. 
Also, if you want to know more about CMM and what we do to help spread the name of Jesus Christ around the world, you can visit us at cmm.world. And if you want to know more about the College of Theology, you can visit cmmtheology.org for more information. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of the CM Missions Cast. It's our prayer here at CMM that you have been blessed by listening to the podcast. And if so, consider sharing it with someone who would also be blessed by it. Also, be on the lookout for more episodes coming soon. I've been your host, Clifton Gadboys. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.